Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. How does an economy that is more mindful and less mindless become a reality? Welcome to the Mindful Marketplace. I'm your host, Joel Skeen, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show where we ask experts, entrepreneurs, investors, and industry leaders for their perspectives on how all of us can, on every level, do our part to help create a more mindful marketplace. I am really excited for this week's guest. He is a local entrepreneur and really community builder here in the Western North Carolina area. I got to know him maybe seven or eight years ago, and we've recently reconnected. And I'm excited for uh, to get to hear and let John Hornsby share with you guys today. Um, but first, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something that's been on my mind, which is the subject of competition. You know, business is often described as being a competition. And, you know, competition for me can can be a tricky thing. You know, on the one hand, we have what could be called the winner-take-all paradigm, which tells us that competition is the thing that drives us towards innovation, progress, and a better world. You know, they, that, that view says that business, our economy, and our society all require us to duke it out for our very survival. This paradigm is so pervasive that we may not even think twice about it. You know, without competition, the preachers of this paradigm tell us we will descend into a chasm of slovenly hedonism. We will become the dreaded uh, losers. <laughs> and hey, you know, they may be right. You can call me a meathead if you like, but I find it inherently exhilarating anytime human beings try their hardest, not against some abstract measurement of greatness or specific measurement of distance or speed, but rather against another human being trying their hardest. The proof is in the pudding. You know, nothing encaptures quite like watching the drama unfold in front of your eyes, let alone participating it. Competitive sports, you know, they speak to us on a deep level with every shot, every throw, every kick, a major dramatic question gets asked that no one on the planet knows the answer to. Ask any fan who has watched their team fight for victory in the final moments of an important game. It's thrilling. But the alternative paradigm is one of cooperation rather than competition. The line of thinking is more or less that if we can all just work together in perfect harmony, we will, as one, actualize our collective greatness and solve all the world's problem through high-minded rhetoric and empty gesture. <laughs> Let's peace jam, man. The 90s are back, which is great for me. You know, I got I got my mom to sew me up some hammer pants when I was in the second grade. I bet I could get her to do it again. Uh, but it's not all, you know, drum, sickle, drum circles and ayahuasca trips. This cooperative paradigm has a biological argument that I do find compelling. While the popular notion of survival of the fittest has come to mean survival of the strongest, it refers actually to a species adaptability, how well within an organism they can fit into the larger ecosystem. It turns out that while it looks like trees are competing for sunlight, they're actually also sharing nutrients under the ground via their root system and fungi friends. Aspen groves made up of thousands of trees are now considered the largest single organism on the planet. Could human beings, and dare I say business, do the same? Can we reach for the sky while also staying rooted to each other? 
Can we compete and cooperate at the same time? I choose to believe that we can. I don't think it's competition that's the problem at all, just the way in which we compete and what we choose to compete about. A good competition is fair. You know, the rules are clear. The results are never equal, but the opportunity to win is. A good, comp a good competitor plays their hardest against you, but not so they can dominate you and puff themselves up, not so they can eliminate their competitors or rig the game in their favor. No, good competitors play their hardest against you because they know it will force you to play your best and to become a better version of yourself, which will in turn make them have to play even better. They may come at you with everything they've got, but they do it for the betterment of everyone playing. This type of competition actually creates a virtuous cycle rather than a vicious one. So for me, you know, go ahead and compete, but compete towards something that actually makes the world a better place, not just towards the traps that are money, status, and image. Instead, let's compete to see who can treat their employees the best. Compete to see who can make the biggest positive impact in their local community and compete to add the most value into whatever you bring to the marketplace. So the question is we, is we as individuals and as leaders change the way we compete or whether we continue to tear each other down just to get ahead? It's a major dramatic question that no one on the planet knows the answer to and it's up to each of us. All right, let's get into our conversation here. Um, again, really excited to have John joining us from Hornsby Creative. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joel. It's good to be here. Yeah, man, we are glad to have you. So for those of you that don't know you, um, tell us a little about yourself, your background. Where you're, Are you from uh, here in Western North Carolina originally, or did you uh, move here like a lot of us? I moved here like a lot of us. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and we moved to Asheville about 10 years ago. And then recently, about a year and a half ago, we moved slightly west to waynesville oh gotcha i i went in the opposite direction when i came here i went to waynesville first and now i'm in Asheville. so we like ships in the night my friend like ships well, in the night <laughs> thanks for uh keeping it warm for us <laughs> yeah um so tell me a little bit about um you know hornsby creative uh you know for those of you that you know for people out there that don't know you tell me a little bit about uh about how that came to be and what you do for your clients Sure. Uh, Hornsby Creative, uh, we like to work with purpose-driven businesses, entrepreneurs, organizations uh, to help them design engaging experiences so that they can um, positively impact communities, um, so they can increase uh, their business performance. And um, we do that through a combination of brand strategy and brand design. Um, and then we apply that as well to experiences and spaces, places, and ideas. So we tend to do a lot of logo and branding type work. We tend to do a lot of what's called environmental design, which is kind of uh, designing for spaces um, and uh, wayfinding. I have a background of working in events and working in signage and print and production. Um, and so that comes into a lot of the work that we do um, as well as uh, we, during the pandemic, we started a whole side product called Connection Kits where we 
started creating experiences in a box to send out in conjunction with virtual events. Um, so delivering, you know, some tactile activities and content to people's doorsteps um, to bring a little more of the physicality aspect uh, into virtual events. Um, we still do that as well as for in-person stuff. So there's some product side of what we do as well. Um, but it all really starts with strategy, um, clarity, and then moving into uh, design from there and then where that gets applied. Man, the connection kits sound like such a great idea. I remember when, uh, you know, we all remember the, the dreaded 2020 <laughs> and yes. when we all, when we all, when we all became indoor kids for a while. And, um, and I remember, you know, having a few events that normally would have had a few thousand people at them and they were done virtually. And, you know, it, even though they, I honestly think they did a really good job, can, all things considered, there was still, you know, a little something missing. And obviously you're never, the, the in-person versus virtual thing is never going to be exactly recreated, but how does, how does the, how do the connection kits build on that experience for people? Yep. So, um, for one, there's the, you know, just the tangible physical aspect, right? So part of what is missing, um, from the virtual event experience, and I'll preface that by saying, it's amazing that we can have the virtual event experience. And there's a lot of ways in which it can be even more powerful than in person, certainly in terms of accessibility and, uh, yeah. you know, being able to connect with people across the world. Um, but the one thing that is, you know, undeniably missing is there's that sort of tangible physical aspect. And so we, uh, the way it works is we really sort of work with clients to start with, you know, how we want people to feel, you know, um, and then how do we sort of create that feeling through content and, um, and helping them to think about, you know, facilitation techniques and, and ways that they can engage with people and get people to engage with each other. Um, and so there's ways that that can be done um, through different activities that can go into a box uh, as well as, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, the idea of a swag bag, you know, for in-person events is nothing new. Um, that's a component, right? You know, there's that opportunity to just have branded uh, mm -hmm. merchandise. But going back to being strategy focused, we really encourage people to really think about their authentic brand and their ideal audience and the actual, you know, messaging and experience that they're trying to create and be more mindful about what types of products and messaging on those products can really resonate with all that and really support their messaging, um, you know, by tying into their hooks. And, you know, sometimes it can get a little, I just did a demo recently and it was, you know, I'm a dad, so it was kind of dad joke humor coming through, but using lots of puns uh, to sort of make the point of, you know, whatever you're talking about, you can select things and select the messaging that goes on them that really resonates with that as opposed to just randomly, not as thoughtfully, just slapping your logo on a trinket and throwing it in a box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it sounds like that's a, a whole different level of engagement for a virtual event. And that's, that's, that's really, really excellent to hear. Um, I wanted to also ask you about, um, 
you know, you mentioned earlier that you work with sort of mission-driven businesses. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about that, why, why that is and how that started to play itself out. Yeah, and I think that also ties into the part of your question I didn't answer, which was sort of, you know, how we got started, uh, at least in this recent incarnation. And, um, you know, I've gone back and forth between entrepreneurship and working for other companies. And there's kind of been a pattern that has occurred where over time, uh, at working with other companies, um, I've sort of realized that there's there comes a point where there starts to be a, a, a lack of alignment and in, in values, um, where you know businesses can become so focused on profits uh, that it might be at the expense of um, you know really supporting the growth of the employees of the team, or you know taking all sorts of jobs for all sorts of customers. And, you know, at a certain point, I'm not getting any younger. And um, I want to really be mindful about the limited time and energy and expertise that I can offer to do work in the world of really thinking about what I want that to be and who I want that to be for. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've really tried to position um, myself uh, with our marketing and messaging to really attract clients that are trying to do positive change work in in the world. You know, I'm not trying to attract just anyone who can afford to hire me. I'm I want to be a little selective. Um, if someone's not the right fit, maybe turn them down um, to leave space to be able to work with organizations that are trying to um, move the world in a more positive direction. Um, so a lot of times that shows up uh, as, as clients like nonprofits, like we've done work with the United Way of Asheville, um, clients that are uh, sometimes maybe in wellness, um, bi- personal improvement, uh, business development, but in a, a conscientious way. Um, essentially, people that have similar values of not just being focused on profits, but also people and planet. Um, that those are all equally important. And if you um, are sacrificing the people and planet part for the profits, I'm not as interested in trying to attract those clients as I am in trying to support the other. Why, uh, you know, I, I know why that's important for me. I'm curious, why is that important for you? It's important for me for a couple of reasons. I, I mean, I ha- I'm a father. I have two kids, <laughs> you know, uh, the next generation coming up. I I was raised to, you know, believe that you should try and leave the world, you know, a little better than you found it. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of things to be concerned about, you know, in that department. And there's a lot of things to be optimistic about. And so I want to... Um, you know, I guess, you know, when when you show up at my funeral, I want you to be able to say, you know, hey, he did good work. He cared about people, uh, wasn't just out for himself. Um, to me, those that's uh, how I measure success. You know, it's not how much money uh, I make or how much power and prestige or that kind of thing. It's how many people can I help? Uh, how much positive change can I make? Obviously, making profits enables you to do that. So that is important, but it's a matter of priorities. You know, if, um, if, if you put profits first, then you might 
do it at the expense of all else. But if you put those other things first, then profitability is just a, you know part of the requirement to help achieve those goals. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, to me, it's about you, you a business has to make a profit to to survive, right? Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, do I want my business, like the real legacy of my business to be just the amount of capital it accumulated or what we actually did with that capital and how we made it? You know, was it made through helping people or was it made through cutting corners on people? And then once that once that capital is there, what is it used for? Just for a financial gain, uh, you know, just an ROI on your finances or an ROI on your on your community, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I've seen you sort of put your money where your mouth is on that and undertake, you know, some pretty big challenges in in um, effort to support the wider business community here. You actually put on um, very ambitious. You put on a whole week's worth of programming and education for freelancers in the area tell me a little bit about why you decided to to kind of swing for that and go and do free and create freelance business week this last year yeah a freelance business week um was something that is actually was started by a, a lady named emily leach in austin texas and uh i had attended it during the pandemic shutdown time virtually and um i thought it was a really interesting format um an idea for an event. Um, and there was an opportunity to, you know, Hey, if you want to bring it to your city, apply to do that. Um, and so I did. And so we got the license to bring it to Asheville and pretty much, you know, we could sort of take the basic brand of the event and kind of interpret it, um, how we wanted. And, Asheville and and WNC, you know, our region has a lot of business resources, um, but there wasn't really anything that really specifically focused on like the freelancer or solopreneur. In fact, a lot of it is focused a lot more towards the idea of like scaling and exiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily what motivates everyone. Some people just want to sort of stay small and do their thing and just do that better. Um, and so. I thought it was a good opportunity, especially as we were coming out of the of the shutdown portion of the pandemic. I was anxious to, you know, do something in person again. I had been I wanted to do um, some type of event like that, um, and it was a good opportunity to pull together a little team and sort of restep into the in person event scene was something that um you know wasn't wasn't already present in, in our community and it provided a great opportunity i wanted to just sort of create an opportunity to build community and give the um you know the sort of solopreneurs the opportunity to come together uh share uh, expertise and resources with each other learn from each other have the opportunity to step into leadership and, you know, mm-hmm. present in, in their area of expertise and actually, you know, take the stage. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've sort of started out kind of small, but we got lots of people applying to want to uh, speak and present. And I had enough positive response on venues where we could do it that, I basically said, okay, well, let's as much as we can say yes to and have space and time for, 
then I'm willing to go for it. And so it turned into a whole week. Um, I think it was like 13 locations all together Um, in Asheville and Waynesville, over 20 speakers um, and networking um, and, you know, really focusing on all different aspects of business and, and personal wellness, which is really important um, part of business, even though we tend to silo those things apart, you know, if we're not taking care of ourselves uh, individually, Mm -hmm then we can't really show up and, and do our best work either. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely true. I've um, I found that taking care of my business, taking care of myself is taking care of my business, you know? Um, yeah. And I remember one of my mentors um, who actually passed away uh, last year, unfortunately, but um, told me once that, you know, if you, if you focus just on your work, you'll make a living, but if you can focus on yourself, then you can make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whether you make a fortune, you know, with a big pile of money or you make a fortune just in, in the fact that you grew, you know, um, to me, I think sometimes that's even bigger. Yeah, that's great. Um, so where can people find you online? And also I'd like to, I'd also like to, cause I'm sure someone's asking this question out there too. Like who is the ideal client to work with Hornsby creative? Like what, what kind of business would I be? Would I, and what would I be looking for? If, um, if I wanted to connect with you? Yeah, our ideal client, um, generally speaking, um, from a, a, a branding point of view, is usually um, a sweet spot for us is really kind of that rebrand point. So uh, oftentimes uh, someone will start business um, and get a few years down to the road. They've proven the concept. They've gotten more clarity on what they're really doing and who they're really working with and whatever they did to get started is maybe not really in alignment with, you know, what they're really doing now. Um, and so they're ready to kind of refocus and, and sort of re rebrand. That's a good sweet spot for us um, or ex- existing organizations larger that maybe have a particular initiative campaign launch, that type of thing. Um tend to be good fits as well. And you can find us online at www.hornsbycreativegroup.com. My, uh, I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram are the, the main social media places where I hang out. And you can find me there, um, John Hornsby or Hornsby Creative. I'll show up pretty readily if you search that on those platforms. Awesome. Well, really appreciate having you on your sh- on the show today, John, getting your perspective and hearing about your journey. Um, uh, I wish you the best in all your future ventures. Uh, to listen to this episode, um, go to bizradio.us and click on the shows page, or you can also connect with me. Um, oh, and listen to the other hosts on there too. There's tons of great hosts. Um, and also you can connect with me directly at mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. Um, Thanks for listening today. Take care of yourself and take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.